Welcome back to the Healthcare and Complicated YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, click the button below, also check all the previous content, and I'm going to go straight ahead to another episode for you. Today, I have John Ritz, he's the CEO at Thread Research. John, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Brilliant. Nice to see you. Before the recording, I was saying, uh, I've been thinking about you for a while, so I'm actually delighted that you accept the, the invite and you are here with us today. I'm sorry you spent time thinking about me, but I'm here and happy to talk to you and go to the topic. Thanks. Brilliant. Thank you, John. And the topic today is co-creating research with patients. And the first question that I have for you is, how is the industry co-creating research with patients? Yeah, so if you look at traditionally, we've co-created with patients by building a protocol, building a research study and saying, this is exactly how it works. And then we go out to a participant, a patient, someone who would participate and we say, do you like this or not? And if they say yes or no, we kind of go great. And we move on in today's environment with the, um, not just the, the good pressure the industry's put on it, but the regulatory stance, what's changing is we're bringing patients into the process as decisions are being made meaning they're coming in and we're asking their opinions on if we design the study this way, would that help? Are these the outcomes or the endpoints that matter to you? So it's actually a more inclusive design model. And that's what you're seeing pharma moving to, not just because of regulatory stances to make it happen, not just because it's the right thing to do, but you're actually starting to see a new blend of making that a repeatable reality for pharma. Brilliant. Yeah, co-creating has been around for a while. It's definitely, it's, it's very easy to talk about good practices, but it's different implementing them. And what you're doing is actually great. Moving on, uh, what is the most, what are the most important aspects to consider? Yeah, there's a lot, maybe kind of the high level ones that I can think of. You know, one is making sure that when you um, reach out to co-create, you're doing it early enough so you can make changes to the protocol or make changes to the study design, meaning you're not bringing patients into co-create when it's kind of too late, meaning you've already made decisions and you just want an opinion on the decisions. You want an opinion on what decisions to make. And so I think that's one thing that's really important. I would say the second thing is making sure that the population, the people you're engaging in the co-creation are representative of what the world looks like. So if we just pick, um, you know, a series of people who all look the same and who all have the same work lifestyle, we're not being inclusive. And so we have to be very careful and supportive of that. I would say the third thing to do is having um, um, the statement in the council of many is wisdom. Many is the key word. Many doesn't mean two or three. Right, bringing in a group of individuals with different lifestyles, different backgrounds, different thought processes around what they're struggling or challenged with in their medical lives is really important because you're going to get an array of opinions and experience and feedback to make the best thing. And I would say the fourth thing is, um, for me, it's really around the, the biggest challenge, and it's hard to do, is that when you're listening and co-creating, listening requires two actions. It requires you to hear and then to action. And so if you're going to listen, you're going to hear and you're going to action. When you action, you, you need to go back and say, is this what you 
think it looks like? Is this what you said? It's not just, I heard you and I'll take care of it. And so I think that's just a natural challenge in the way that we do business and the way that we're trying to be accelerated and move these protocols to market for their ultimate purpose of why they're trying to be developed. Brilliant. Fantastic. Uh, John, thank you so much. Especially the last point. We all know that communication has got these different strands and 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 people just manipulate the information and, and, and it's very easily, for example, half of the information being lost in the process. So that reinforcement is so, so, so important. And the third and last question that I have for you is, what are the most common challenges in decentralized trials? Yeah, so if you zoom out from it, you know, decentralized studies uh, have challenges too. But maybe what I would say one of the biggest challenges in decentralized trials is actually the lack of education and understanding of how they work, what they do, and what they are not. Meaning the amount of conversations we still have as a company today with people who would come into the discussion and have a frame of mind that this decentralized study is going to remove my sites and happen this way and happen that way. And there's AI that will do my kids homework and all these things that people think this is. It's about getting to the practicality and the measured steps that a decentralized approach has. I would tell you one of the second challenges is that I think if we're not careful as an industry, we can look at the uh, each research study and say there's a traditional design and there's a decentralized design, like a decentralized study and a traditional study. And I would actually say that's probably not the best way to look at it. One of the best ways to consider thinking about studies is to think about here's a study design. How do I design it to be more conducive and convenient and supportive of inclusive populations I want to recruit my studies? And how does a decentralized approach make this study design that I have that's scientifically validated has endpoints there for a reason? How do I make that easier to participate in and better for sites to participate at the same time? And I think when you sort of apply the approach, you don't sort of say it's an either or. This is what we call hybrid. This hybrid thinking is really what circumvents and, and addresses that challenge. But the challenge is some people still think about the world in those two ways. I would say the third thing is the biggest challenge, maybe especially today, you know, companies like us who've been doing this for seven years and we've been learning lessons and we're still trying to perfect and get better at all the different things we do. Um, there are lots of new companies and people that show up that I've never heard of, I don't know, and they've become experts in something in six months. And so what I would be also cautious about is to make sure that we're really looking at expertise and having discussions of, like you do all the time, with sensors and wearables, getting really deep around what does this really mean? So we're not making flippant decisions on something at a high level. We're getting into the details of what a measured implementation looks like, because that is actually where DCT has advantages and supports patients and sites in its implementation. Brilliant. John, thank you so much for that. this magnificent insights. I mean, this is a very valuable, also fascinating discussion for me. I've learned a lot in a very short period of time, so thank you for that. Highly informative for our uh, viewers and listeners, but also is so much. I love what you said, actually, that point about the expertise is a learning curve, and you've been in the industry for quite some time, and you are very open and very frank around this that you're learning you're perfecting things you're learning and you're already an expert but you're still perfecting things you know i'm not going to comment on this but there's a lot of experts like on a shop window they just appear and become an expert in something in a week or in a month or in a year so 
unfortunately the reality world doesn't work like that um john i want to thank you for your time for your magnificent input here one last thing that i want to ask you is not really a big question as such i'm looking for a short answer is how can we make healthcare uncomplicated better communication better expectation setting in the communication about what things are what the return on investment is and what they are not and i think those three things for me i think really help move everything we're all trying to do here to do the right thing for healthcare those three things i think would help improve in a lot of ways brilliant what a magnificent way to round up again john thank you so much for being in here nice to see you uh, congratulations on your great ongoing work shall i say <laughs> um, i'm gonna round up now to all our viewers and listeners make sure you click the subscribe button for some amazing content also i'm gonna put john's uh socials in here connect with him on linkedin ask him questions about pharma decentralized trials or anything that you feel right for you and john i'll see you next time thanks my friend thanks for having me see you